You are listening to a Hippily Horror Stories Patreon bonus preview. If you like what you're hearing, stick around to the end to find out how you can get more. Hey guys, welcome to episode 647 of Hippily Shorts. Hi everybody. We got more vampire stuff. I know how much you loved it yesterday. Ooh, no they suck. Literally. <laughs> you're funny. I'm funny. Okay. <laughs> so we talked about yesterday the, the Vulgarian uh, vampires all the way up to the 1970s, mm-hmm. which is a little too close for comfort considering the age that we're in and what you should know about vampires to all this right. point. And they're still doing it. So here's another one. A female vampire was found in a mass grave on an island used as a plague sanatorium. On the small island of Lazaretto Nuevo in yeah, Nuovo in Italy, archaeologists found the remains of what they call a female vampire. The woman was discovered in 2012 in a mass grave of victims of the plague. The island had been used as a plague sanatorium, which is the same thing they did in uh, Proviglia. The other island off there mm-hmm. that we did the story on, they, that was like, they just took anybody that had the plague and just took them over to the island where they would be isolated. They were social distancing before anybody was. So, yeah. Literally. Her anti-vampire burial included a brick being placed in her mouth after death oh as a means God. of preventing her from feeding on the other bodies buried with her. How could they put a brick beam in her mouth? Well, well, the... All in all, it's just another brick in the mouth. (laughs) I think Pink Floyd did it. Oh, God, that sounds so painful. (laughs) It's like the whole curb thing, like in uh, American History X. Oh, no, no, no. You can't even talk about that. (laughs) Mm -mm. The, The brick in the mouth was a known form of vampire exorcism in Italy. Okay, look, and I understand people don't necessarily had the science to back this up yeah. back in the day. But surely you you realize that if somebody's got the ability to rise from the dead, they can probably take a brick out of their mouth. <laughs> Call me crazy. Yeah, I they just probably think, could. They could inch it out with their tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Might take a while, but... Twin vampire graves were found in Bulgaria. In 2013, the graves of two vampires were found in a Bulgarian town of Sozopol. That's on the Black Sea. And the ruins of the, uh, I'm going to butcher this, Papyricon, which is near the border of Greece. Papyricon has a history that goes back 7,000 years and includes many religious sites that archaeologists are still uncovering. Both vampires dated back to roughly the medieval period, and both had metal rods driven through their chest. According to Bazadir Dimitrov, the director of the National History Museum of Sofia, one of the alleged vampires were could possibly be 13th century pirate Krivich, who at one point was also the mayor of Sozopol. There were just two of around 100 vampire graves that they discovered there in Bulgaria. I don't understand how you can... Damn, Ninja? (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand... How you can go back to somebody that was in the medieval time and say, oh, you think it's this person in a mass grave. Yeah. I mean, they felt, well, I don't know if it was a mass grave. There was two people found. But it just that just seems to me like. How would you feel open in a grave that had like a stake through somebody's heart? I don't know. To see, to see that. I mean, you obviously know that they were in fear of something. I don't necessarily think I would think. I think maybe the guy or girl could be just a jerk. <laughs> and maybe they felt like because they were a jerk that. 
they might have been, you know, possessed or vampire mm-hmm. or something like that, and they felt the need to take extra precaution, but or mentally ill. Right. Could right. be something like that, but you know, who knows? Everything that I mean, could you imagine some of the things that we see today that we know this illness causes right. that or this yeah. illness, and and could you imagine what just somebody that might have even been bipolar back then? Mm-hmm. What, I mean, how it's they really kind of sad at. for real. They don't. They didn't know. And that's the thing. What's sad on both occasions because then the people that also took those measures, the people that had people executed and put away in these homes and stuff, they didn't know either. Mm-hmm. They just automatically assumed yeah. that something was terribly wrong with them, and it had to be a curse, or it had to be something evil, or a, you know, yeah, something they did, couldn't help have. Right. In the end. Like the elephant man. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least we semi-understand what was wrong with him during the time that he yeah. was around. But, you know, he was still paraded around in, in fairs and carnivals mm-hmm. and sideshows and stuff like that. That probably wouldn't be the case today. No, I wouldn't um, think so. Of course not. But even back then, because when was he around? Was it the... Thirties, f- fifties? Oh, oh, I don't no, remember. I, I really don't remember. I just remember it was John Merrick. And... I just know that he did it because it was a way to make money and he could he could deal with it and, you know, right. better, better better make money off of it and, and just live than be an outcast. Yeah. So he took, I think he took the road uh, that he thought would be better for him. But the reality of it is you take that person 2,000 years before that, how would they have been looked at? They probably would have just been killed. Yeah, I'm sure. So. Sad, sad. Here's another one. I'll... The rise of Christianity played a large role in the persecution of vampires. As Christianity swept through Europe, it threw new fuel on the fire of the old vampires' legends. Vampires began seen as unholy creatures. Vampires were considered the antithesis antithesis of Christ, and they were thought to be the spirits that rose from the corpses of evil spirits. Medieval peasants were already superstitious, especially after the horror of the Black Death. So when the church became more powerful, it used those superstitions to its advantage and the threat of external damnation. That's deep. It is deep. About six feet deep. Yeah. All right, guys. That was fun. I loved it. (laughs) We'll be back tomorrow because I have more vampire stuff. All right, guys. We love you all. Hey guys, welcome to episode 648 of Hillbilly Shorts. Hi everybody. You may have noticed that uh, we were a couple episodes behind and there's, we dumped about three of them on you today. And it's because uh, Tracy had some medical difficulties. Again, everything's good. But she had to spend a couple of days in the hospital, uh, heart related stuff, but got everything taken care of. And uh, But it did kind of slow us down a little bit. Yeah, sorry so, you all. So just wanted to give you the heads up that... Uh, we apologize for being a little bit late, but duty calls. <laughs> Let's see. Hi, Tracy. We are finishing up with our vampire stuff. Alrighty. I think we're finishing up. We'll find out here soon enough. I didn't see how much more was left. So, belief in vampires in Eastern Europe ran parallel to the belief in witches in Western Europe. It makes sense. So while the persecution of witches was popular in America and in parts of Western Europe, like England and Germany, vampires 
filled the void of scapegoat in Eastern European countries like Bulgaria, Romania, Poland, Greece, and Serbia. It's funny because when I think Greece, vampires doesn't necessarily... <laughs> I, don't, I mean, you think Greek gods and, yeah, and right. all that stuff, Greek mythology, but I don't think vampires, but... There were two different monsters representing the same problem. They both served as a scapegoat for community ills. They were often misunderstood individuals, and the superstitions of the time essentially sentenced them to death. Mm. I mean, just, you know, when I think about that with the, uh, the witches and stuff like that, can you just imagine you're having a stroke of bad luck, your crops didn't come in like they're supposed to, or your dairy cow dies or something like that, mm-hmm. how all you had to do was to say, oh, I think my next door neighbor's a witch, or I got into it with John O'Malley, you know, two weeks ago, and now my cow died. He yeah. must have put a curse on him. Yeah. Could you imagine that's all it took to get somebody possibly killed? No, it's very scary. I've said that before. I can't even imagine. I mean, I would live in fear every day, even though you know you're none of those things. You've got nothing to do with it, but all somebody has to say is one thing and they're going to take your word and that's it. And on top of that, some of these people just like lived out on their own in a little, in a little forest mm-hmm. and kept to themselves and didn't have any, and because that was enough yeah, to, call, to, to think something was going on. Yes. Luckily, somehow times have changed to the better, I think. Somewhat. Yeah, somewhat. <laughs> in Poland, vampire graves didn't contain any earthly possessions. So on a construction site in, in southern Poland, four vampire graves were located in 2013. 2013 was a big year for uncovering vampire graves, apparently. Oh, man. Because you had the ones in Bulgaria and this one yeah. was in 2013. The bodies had been decapitated and their heads were placed between their legs. Archaeologists were intrigued by the find, not just because of the vampire nature of the graves, but also because they did not include any earthly possessions. Usually, graves contained items such as jewelry or coins or belt buckles. Anything metal that would not decompose along with the flesh and the fabric. Although the graves are difficult to date, archaeologists estimate them to be from the 16th century. I wonder which way they put their head. Looking at you or away from you? They probably placed it straight up and down so you could kiss your ass goodbye. Oh, I didn't even think about straight up and down, yeah. Human biology may have contributed to some misunderstandings. This will probably get into what we were talking about before. Several things happened to the human body after death, which many people centuries ago, centuries ago would not have fully understood. Knowledge of biology and medicine was not very well developed, and when lack of knowledge was paired with superstition, it created some pretty ugly theories. Some of the body de- decomposition possesses that have... I'm sorry. Okay. Some of the bodily decomposition processes that may have been misinterpreted include the disappearance of rigor mortis, causing limbs to become flexible again. I did not know that. I thought rigor mortis meant they got stiff. It does, but I guess it's saying over a period of time, your body loosens back up again. Probably from joints and stuff like that Mm -hmm. decomposing. Well, I guess that makes sense. Because you know, like, you can take a chicken bone and put it in vinegar and And it'll make it soft and rubbery, so maybe it's along that... Same process. Hmm. Bloating, as the internal organs decompose in the appearance of a dark fluid caused by decaying flesh that could have been mistaken for blood. 
Oh my gosh. Yuck. America had similar vampire practices. Well, this would probably touch on the Mercy Brown because remember we did a whole episode on her. In the early United States, a disease known as consumption brought the legend of the vampires back into play. While witches were the more well-known American superstition, the effects of consumption, now known as tuberculosis, resembled the look of vampires more closely. People became pale and occasionally coughed up blood as they faded away. Because they usually spread the disease to their family before they died, people were often accused of being vampires when their families fell ill after they died. This was the case of a young woman called Mercy Brown. After her family members began dying, her body was exhumed. She had been well-preserved through a New England winter and not decomposed, so she became known as a vampire. Another man in Connecticut was also found to be a vampire grave with his head and legs laid in a skull and crossbones pattern. The test showed that he died from conception. Oh, wow. That's amazing that they can take somebody that died 300 years ago, analyze their bone, and find out they died from a disease. I, I just think that's amazing. I mean, even today, I think that's amazing with all the technology and stuff they have. Now, we got two more. Researchers still aren't sure why certain people had vampire burials. One theory once common among researchers was that people buried in vampire graves may have simply been people with unusual illnesses or deformities, like we said, that were misunderstood. However, this has been proven partially untrue. While some vampires were misunderstood victims of disease, or even intellectuals, that people who had lived oddly, uh, old ages, so if you could live to be like 90 when everybody else was living to be 50, you were, could have been considered to be a vampire. Well, no, that's ridiculous. <laughs> many, many of the people. What about Betty White? My God, because she's a saint. That's what she is. <laughs> many of the people found in vampire graves had died of the same things that were killing the families and the neighbors. Researchers studying hundreds of graves, including vampire graves, at the site in Poland found that diseases and disabilities were perceived as within the range of normal for the community. So they don't have a reason just yet as to why certain people were given vampire burials just did it because like i said that could fit into them being a jerk or something like that here's the last one vampire legends began long before bram stoker's dracula although vampires are a popular part of the hollywood today vampire legends have been around for thousands of years one of the first legends dates back to the ancient greeks the story of ambrosio and Celine include all the modern hallmarks of a vampire movie. Possession, undying love, jealousy, and betrayal, as well as blood drinking and sun, sensitive, sun sensitivity. <laughs> That's a hard one. <laughs> Bram Stoker brought the Eastern European vampire tales to life and to the public's attention when the enduring classic Dracula. Many historians believe that Bram Stoker based the leading character on Vlad the Impaler. Dracula of Romania... Though others disagree whether he did or not, there are many similarities between the two vampires. We definitely base part of it on Mercy Brown, mm -hmm. because when he was over here touring, he found he heard the story, and there was even a clipping from the newspaper about Mercy Brown's uh, death and, and everything that he had taken back with him, that it was found in his belongings when he passed away. So, yeah, he probably, it's probably like Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. There's probably five or six different people that he put all together to make Dracula. Oh, Dracula. Well, that was fun. That was fun, honey. Good well, job. Well, that wraps up Vampire, so we'll have to do something else tomorrow. All right. 
Maybe we'll do werewolves. Probably not, though. I know. <laughs> All right. Bye. We love y'all. Hey, guys. If you like what you just heard, we do six of those small bonus episodes every single week. We also do two full-length bonus episodes every month. We do a listener stories episode and then a story that's just like the ones you would typically hear on the regular feed. If you're interested in supporting us on Patreon, just go to patreon.com and look up Hillbilly Horror Stories or go to hillbillyhorrorstories.com and there's a direct link right there. Thank you guys so much for what you do for us.